Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, I am excited today to get to start a new series with you, and we're going to be talking about spiritual formation. Wanted to start it last week, of course, to kick off uh, the uh, Sunday after Labor Day. Of course, that didn't happen, so we get to start it today. And it's going to run until about the 1st of November. So the question I want to ask you um, is what kind of person do you want to be? While I'm, when I'm sitting with uh, young adults and they're figuring out what to do with their lives, I often ask this question, what kind of person do you want to be? When I was part of the Arrow Leadership Program, one of the assignments we had to do was to write our own eulogy. Nothing like a just uplifting assignment. Um, What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want people to say about you when, when you die? That exercise brings a number of things into focus. Uh... Whether you have a thousand dollars or a million dollars in your pocket doesn't really matter when you die. Whether your lawn is immaculately mowed or not doesn't doesn't really matter. Being a good neighbor, friend, spouse, father, those things matter to me. There are meaningful things to do to spend our time and there are things that are not so meaningful. They did this exercise, I discovered the character mattered. I wanted to be known for the kind of person I was more than the awards I achieved. Words like loving, encouraging, grace-filled came up. What about you? What, what kind of person do you want to be? That question isn't only applicable to the young. Do you want to be a crotchety old lady or a cranky old man? Probably not. If you're a follower of Jesus, the, then the other question you have to ask is, well, what kind of person does Jesus want me to be? And if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, then you will probably realize that the more similar your answers to the question, what do I want to be and what does Jesus want me to be, the more similar your answers to those questions, the happier your life will be. Life tends to become anemic if you're trying to be something other than what God wants you to be. The next question is, so how do you become the kind of person you want to be? That's where the series on spiritual formation, that's what it's all about. At least, it might be. We're going to be talking about Christian spiritual formation. So if you are interested in becoming someone other than who Jesus wants you to be, uh, if, if you want to become somebody that's different than the image of Christ, then this series isn't going to be for you. Reality is that if you don't want to be who Jesus wants you to be, then you'll probably find church a little uncomfortable Because we're about making great disciples here. And so we're about spiritual formation. What must be said in conjunction with that is that we as a church are a place where you come as you are. No perfect people allowed here. I haven't met anybody perfect here yet. 
Two of you try to tell me you're perfect. Huh. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, you come as you are, no perfect people allowed. So we looked at last week, people, Peter was a great disciple, uh, but he wasn't a perfect disciple. We won't be perfect either, but we desire to follow Jesus. So while none of us are perfect, our goal is to become the kind of people Jesus wants us to be. The word used in scripture that we read this morning to describe that kind of becoming is transformation. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation. Then you'll be able to approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The word transform is written in a, a tense that indicates that it's an ongoing process. And this series is about engaging in that process of being transformed. Now, I want to put a disclaimer on this series here. Normally when I preach, and the way I love to preach, is I take a passage of Scripture and I just preach through that passage of Scripture. I'm not going to do that with this series. I promise you that the messages will be biblical. Um, but you've heard the, the saying, can't see the forest for the trees. Much of the New Testament is about spiritual formation. But you can miss what it's talking about if you focus on that particular tree or this particular tree. I want to pull a lot of the concept of spiritual formation in the New Testament together for you. With that being said, let me talk about spiritual formation. Everyone, your friends, your neighbors, you, are in the process of spiritual formation. The television you watch, the movies you watch, the books you read, the friends and family you hang out with, the news you watch, the social media you consume, are spiritually forming you. Every thought you hold, every emotion you allow to shape your behavior, every response you make to the world around you is spiritually forming you. You are being either shaped into the wholeness found in the image of Christ, or you're being shaped into someone who is a deformed human being, becoming what you were never meant to be. And when we're that, it's destructive not only to us, but to the, to the people around us. But the point is, we're, we're all being spiritually formed all the time. And that's really important to understand. Talking about spiritual formation, I'm going to talk about ways where you can move towards Christ. But what you need to understand is that when you, when you choose to pray, you're being spiritually formed. When you choose not to pray, you're being spiritually formed. When you choose to read Scripture, you're being spiritually formed. When you choose not to read Scripture, you're being spiritually formed. You cannot be neutral in the spiritual formation process. We are always being spiritually formed. Question is, to, is into what? That's the only question. Next, second thing is, I want you to know about spiritual formation is that it's more analogous to a journey than it is to a painting. What I mean by that is that Sometimes we paint a picture in our mind 
or we have others paint a picture in our mind of who we should be. Um, maybe we want to be compassionate and caring and adventurous and a risk taker and joyful. And we, we paint this picture in our mind and we decide, okay, got it? Know where I'm headed? That, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. Problem is, is that, of course, there's more to being joyful than just picturing what being joyful is like, or just choosing to be joyful. There's more to being loving, loving than just choosing to be loving. Those choices are important, but if you don't understand the process of becoming loving or joyful, we tend to get discouraged. What, what generally happens is this, and I've seen a lot of Christians do this, where we, we have this ideal of what we should live up to. And then so often we fall short of our ideal. So what do you do when you don't live up to your ideal? You try harder. And you try harder. And often the strategy ends in disillusionment. We can't be what we want to be. Just wanting to be it doesn't make it happen. So what do you do? Well, sometimes what happens is that we take this ideal image of ourselves and, and we pretend that it is us. It's the kind of fake it till you make it kind of Christianity. We fake loving people, although we don't really love them. And then we start to believe our own press. I must be loving because I did this and this for somebody. And yet there's a large discrepancy between this image of ourselves and our hearts. Good name to call that image of ourself is the false self. We all have this to some extent. The word of it is, is that, worst of it is, is that we start to believe this false self we got this picture, and this is really us, although it's not really us, but then we ask Jesus to make it really us, but we're, we're not quite, it's this image, it's this wishful image, but it's not reality. And here's what you need to know about Jesus. He only deals with the truth. Hmm. And so we run into problems. That's why I like to think of spiritual formation more as a journey. A journey not only indicates that you're moving, it indicates that you are somewhere and you're moving somewhere else. And where you are right now may not be where you want to end up. This summer, uh, Linda and I took some holidays in BC. Uh, and while we were out there, we did a number of hikes. Now, before the holiday, uh, I had got into the habit of walking about three kilometers each day in the morning. But here's the thing about walking in Perth. Perth is flat, right? Yeah, you got it. Um, I think physics works different in BC um, because it seemed like we were always hiking uphill. I don't know what it was, but we're on this one hike and the map said it was four-kilometer loop. Ah, it's just inside my comfort zone, but we're, we're good, totally doable. 
Not sure who measured that loop because my Apple Watch said it was almost six uh, after we finished. More than that, it seems like we we're always going uphill. And worse than that, there were a lot of mosquitoes. And so they weren't bad if you were walking, but if you stopped, you would get swarmed, right? And uh, so we were walking uphill, huffing and puffing. I was huffing and puffing. Linda just kind of glides up, but I'm uh, huffing and puffing. And uh, we're not able to stop. And it's a way out of my comfort zone. Reminded me of some of the stages in my life, you know, where you're walking uphill and you can't stop, you have to keep going, but it's not easy. Here's the thing. It's easy walking in flat Perth. It was easy to pretend that I was in hiking shape, but those hills exposed me for the shape I was in. Does that have to do with spiritual formation? The level of our spiritual formation shows up in everyday life. There are times when you're walking and it is flat and it's going well. We think, hey, I've got this journeying down well. Then we start to walk uphill. Here's what I've noticed about many Christians. We're generally, if you meet us, we're generally nice people. Good people. Kind of fun people to hang around with. Until we get bumped. Or offended. Or somebody does something we don't like. And then our spiritual fitness gets shown for what it is. If our spiritual life is shown to be wanting... We can either measure ourselves against this picture we have of ourselves, or worse yet, we can justify our response, or we can say, God has me in process. I'm on a journey, and my reality has been exposed. Not in the kind of shape I thought I might be in. God can work with that kind of attitude. And on a journey, and it isn't complete yet. This series is about how God works with the reality of who we really are. So let me give you a definition of spiritual formation. Christian spiritual formation is a process of being conformed to the image of Christ for our sake and the sake of others. Spiritual formation is a process of being conformed to the image of Christ for our sake and the sake of others. It's a process. I find, maybe you find too, that my heart often wants something different than a process. If I'm just struggling with a besetting sin or a bad attitude or Excuse me. If I'm struggling, struggling to be more peaceful, more loving, what I want is not a process. What I want is for God to zap me, right? I want him to fix me, and I want him to fix me now, and I want him to remove the mountain in front of me. Some of you grew up with that kind of version of spirituality, right? 
What do you need to change? You need a trip to the altar. And if the first one didn't work, maybe the second one would. Or what you need to change was a particular experience. Experience of being filled with the Spirit, or being delivered, or having a vision, or being on a mountaintop experience. Don't get me wrong, I, I do not want to minimize the significance of transforming spiritual moments. They're important. There are some times when God ministers to us, and I'm, I'm not sure that I would have made it through parts of my journey had God not shown up in mind-blowing ways. But there's something about spiritual wholeness that is more comparable to growth than it is to being zapped. Peter says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. John, when he talks about spiritual maturity, he talks about children and young men and fathers. The whole point is that spiritual formation is a process where we grow into maturity. You don't get zapped into maturity. But we live in an instant gratification world where we think that if we read our Bibles and pray today that we should bear fruit today, Kind of like going to the gym and pumping some iron and say, look at my muscles for the first time, right? Doesn't work that way. Spiritual formation is a process. As Eugene Peterson, the one who translated the Message Bible, said, it's a long obedience in the same direction. It's helpful to think of spiritual formation as a journey because sometimes we journey in green pastures. Sometimes we walk by lakes and beside quiet waters. And oftentimes, we are best formed when we're walking through the wilderness. There are some times in that wilderness where God can seem distant and our spiritual lives stagnant and our relationship with God weak and our spiritual eyes dry. And we're in that wilderness, and assuming you've examined your heart for unconfessed sin, you say, what's going on? But you're on a journey. You're in a process. And God knows what he's doing. He can do things in the wilderness part of your journey that he can't do in the green pastures part of your journey. You don't understand the spiritual life as a journey. It can shake you up. You're on a journey, and it's a process. Back to our definition: spiritual formation is a process of being of being conformed to the image of Christ for our sake and the sake of others. Spiritual formation is the image uh, process of being conformed to the image of Christ. A journey. <clears throat> excuse me, into becoming compassionate, persons who forgive, persons who care deeply for others, the world, persons who offer themselves to God to become agents of divine grace in the lives of others and their world. Robert Mulholland, who authored uh, part of this definition of spiritual formation, says now, this is, now, if I had said spiritual formation was a process of conforming ourselves to the image of Christ, I suspect that 
we would have been much more comfortable. The difference between conforming ourselves and being conformed is the vital issue of control. Most of us want to be in control. If you want to see how much you want to be in control, watch your internal response when someone or something significantly disrupts your day. You had plans, and all of a sudden it's disrupted. Here's the challenge. The dual realities of Jesus as Lord and our desire to control everything war against each other. This is especially true when it comes to spiritual formation. We tend to think that if we do the right thing, then we'll be the right kind of Christian. And if we control the process of becoming Christ-like, we'll, well, then we'll do okay. We'll look at it more when we talk about spiritual disciplines, but there is a relationship between what we do and God acting. But if you're going to be transformed into the image of Christ, it will be all about what God does in you, not about what you do. It's God's job to conform you to the image of Christ. It's your job to cooperate with him. I need to wrap this up, and we'll pick it up in the definition, spiritual formation next week, but let me end with this. Jesus said, what would it profit a person if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? What would one give in exchange for their soul? In our world, there is a war going on for the soul. And it isn't just a war to decide whether we will go to heaven or not. It's a war to decide what kind of human beings will we be in this world? Will we be compassionate, caring, contributing people to the betterment of others? Or will we be self-absorbed, uncaring, unloving? All about us kind of human beings, deformed human beings. This war for the soul has entered the church in North America. What has become evident in the last couple of years is that the transformation promised by the gospel hasn't gone as deep as it it needs to go, right? We're nice on the surface until somebody tells us our political opinions are wrong. We're nice on the surface until people aren't behaving the way we want them to behave. We're nice on the surface until people bump into us You and I can't change the whole church in North America. But we can encourage each other to be like Jesus, transformed into his image, allowing God to form us deeply at the core of who we are. The transformation that God promises 
isn't a surface-level thing. It's a heart-level thing. My hope for our church is that, is that when people see us on our bad days, that we would remind them of Jesus. My hope over the upcoming weeks is that I can give you some encouragement in how to engage in the, the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for your sake and the sake of others. Hope you come along on this journey with me. Church is about discipleship. My prayer is that we will be great disciples. Let's pray. Lord, we're always being spiritually formed, but we need to be formed into your image. And Lord, we can't do it on our own. Can't even control the process. But Lord, we reach out with faith and trust, saying that your word and your gospel promises us transformation. So my prayer is that you would lead us into that deeply. May our hearts be deeply transformed so that we look like you and that we also look like who you've created us to be. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.